In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with a million things they haven't done, but just you wait. And in case you can't tell, I've been watching a lot of Hamilton this weekend. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? You know, I, I spent a little time celebrating um, the United States independence. Yeah. I had a good weekend. Awesome, awesome. It sounded like a war zone around my house last night, so. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, nothing says freedom like fireworks. Yeah, like cheap Chinese fireworks. Um, Also (laughs) joining us from way up north, not celebrating 4th of July, uh, but recovering from celebrating their own Independence Day, JLB, what's going on, man? It is me, it is me, I am not American, I am Canadian, and uh, yeah, didn't do much in terms of celebrating though, Uh, just kind of stayed home, still, you know, social distanced, still washed my hands, and um, yeah, just still looking at these lovely four walls that I have here, so uh, pretty good guys, pretty good. Awesome. I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and all of our other episodes, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows and uh, give them a listen. There's a lot of great shows over there. That's what I'm saying. If you ain't doing it, what else are you doing? But we'll just go ahead and get into the crimes for this week, because it was kind of a big week in professional wrestling all around. Uh, In addition to uh, build-up weeks in um, Raw and SmackDown, building up towards Extreme Rules coming up in a few weeks, we also had two pay-per-view-level Wednesday night shows, maybe? In Fighter Fest for AEW and Great American Bash for NXT. So kind of a big week for those. I'm sure we will talk a little bit about both of them. But who wants to go first with crime number one? Um, I'll go, I'll go. Okay. So, um, I mean, it's more of a... Oh, well, I guess crimes don't necessarily have to be bad, right? It could be a good crime. Um, and I'm going to have to give it to my boy Taz. I loved Taz's whole speech at uh, Fighter Fest. Obviously, he wasn't fighting that day, but he came out with Cage, and he basically did a nice little shoot, a good old classic Taz shoot, and he even made fun of uh, WWE's covid testing in the process which at first i thought was like oh man that's kind of a low blow but you know what all all is fair in love and war and they are at a war and i just thought that shoot of wwe being having sloppy testing was just so gold and i loved it so much and then you see brian cage with like a shoot with uh he does his little hands with a gun as to saying that that was a shoot kind of thing i just thought 
absolutely amazing. So kudos to Taz. And I charge him with apps. If it was his idea, I imagine it could have been Khan's or Cody's or anybody else's. Taz's wheelhouse, though, too. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, though. So I want to give it to Taz. And I'm charging Taz with ultimate, I don't know, with the most ultimate award. I'm going to give him the Courage Award for doing that because he certainly deserves it. And I was entertained. And I want more, damn it. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. No, like like the Ape said, that that is one hundred percent up up Taz's wheelhouse. It mm-hmm. also AEW isn't really known for scripting their promos too much. I could see them them maybe someone suggesting, hey, if you could come up with something to dig on WCW or WWE or whatever, you know, you can do that. Um, that being said, like I, if you remember old ECW Taz, this is right up his alley so oh absolutely (laughs) it's just gold yeah like absolutely amazing and the show itself was pretty good but uh taz taz gets my uh taz gets my uh crime yeah Taz flat out hit a taz mission on the wwe there so Mm -hmm. well taz flex was strong on this one yeah it was it was really great just from a standpoint of they they needed to do something to kind of build up the change for the Moxley Taz match because that kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Um, and how he did that nicely too, though, right? So they switched it up for the following week at Fighter Fest, uh, Fighter Fest, no, Fight of the Falling, and he was like, you know what, you're gonna need another week, but you're scared, and da da da. Like they did it nicely, and it mm-hmm. worked. They put it into the storyline. I enjoyed that. I really did. It got me like being a fun wrestling fan again. I was like, oh, snap, okay, that works, you know? Now I really want to see this match. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's it kind of sucks that they had to put that match off another week. Um, I think we were talking before we started actually recording about it a bit, how, uh, you know, this coming week, it really would have been nice to have uh, Mox versus Brian Cage going up against what's going to be the main event on NXT, we're certain, which is Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, baby. Um, and, and so having to move it does put AEW at a bit of a disadvantage for this coming week. But at the same point, it might actually put them in a huge advantage for the following week because I have a hard time seeing uh, NXT being able to put something together in one week that that'll be as big of a feel as Mox versus Brian Cage now. Yeah, they're they're yeah. I mean, yeah, they, I don't know. But then again, they could easily do like I don't know Charlotte versus someone or something, bring Charlotte down, or I'm, I'm sure they're gonna do something. If they did it two weeks in advance, just only two weeks pre-planning for the Great American Bash to fight the Fighter Fest, I'm sure they're gonna have their own little fight of the falling, and maybe they'll do like a war games kind of thing. I'm sure they'll do something because WWE's oh, petty like that. No, I, I'm I'm not saying they're not going to do something. I'm just saying from a level standpoint, whatever they do, I just have a hard time feeling it'll live up to the same sort of hype that Mox versus uh, Brian Cage could be now. Um, I mean, it's just once you have Adam Cole, Bebe versus Keith Lee, you know, you can't pull out that match again immediately the following week. Um, and if you do, suppose you could pull rematch clause, but that'd be you could. That's a tough call. But you could all, you know, I mean, put 
Keith Lee against Dominic Dijakovic again? Well, we've seen that a thousand times. Bring but Adam Cole against, back. Yeah, against someone else? I don't know. Bring, like you said, bring bring someone like Charlotte down. Well, Charlotte's reportedly going to be missing months, not due to a legitimate injury, but due to just time off that she's been wanting. Um, which, if if I'm correct, she hasn't missed uh, a week in a long time, like a year. So, getting her some time off. Reports have it that she might be gone for most of the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Um, so so they can't bring her to... I mean, they could. Like, the reports say if they come up with a really big storyline for her for SummerSlam, maybe. But it'd have to be something really big to bring her back for that. That's the reports that I've been seeing. I don't know. Yeah. With any report, how, how reliable it... How reliable is it? Who knows? You know? But... Uh, but that's the deal. I mean, it could turn out to be a big win for AEW having to push it back. Uh, but it was definitely a win to have Taz explain it in this way. Because not only did he give a nice little nudge towards WWE, but he also worked it into a storyline of, listen, you know, you've been tested. You could come in and get tested. and We could have this match on time like normal. Right. But no, you're the one who doesn't want to come in, Mox. You want to push it back. So fine, we'll push it back. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of helps paint Mox as the coward instead of the fighting champ, which is a great kind of twist on it. Yeah, so that'll be fun. It's just something that's being said. Yeah, no, not that he actually is the coward, but that it's painting him is what I'm That's what managers do. <laughs> so no, I'm 100% down with Taz getting some uh, kudos for that because it was one of the better parts of the night um, for AEW. Um, AEW wasn't bad by any means. Uh, I don't think it necessarily lived up to pay-per-view level for night one. But that's partially just me, right? Uh, yeah, I think you're kind of a fickle bitch sometimes about that. I sure can be. <laughs> I sure can be. Um, well, no, I mean, I think I, uh, simple fact is ratings. I think back me up on this. The it, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout one way or another, but I think more people were interested in seeing what NXT had to see to show than than AEW and. Um, you know, part part of it is the main event of NXT uh, for for this last week was so huge. And the main event coming up this next week is uh, pretty darn huge too. Um, but but that's just kind of what it comes down to. There is, you know, I think it it wasn't a bad show. I want to be clear on that. It was not a bad show at all. Uh, but I think in the end, it also was not the best show. Right. And compared to NXT, I think NXT was slightly better for the second week in a row. I'll, I, and this is coming from the self-proclaimed AEW mark here. NXT was the better show these last two weeks, I think. So, yeah, I think they wasted their good match at the beginning. Uh, which match was it again? But I remember really enjoying the first match. Was it the, first? Well, the first match was Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow, which was, which was good. Pretty Great entertaining. Match. And then Private Party. And then later uh, on, they had Private Party versus uh, the Inner Circle. That was good. That was later on, though. The first match was Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. Second one was Hikaru Shida defending her title versus Penelope Ford, which in my book was maybe the best women's match that AEW's had 
Um, Penelope Ford looks like a star in it. Um, and Hikaru Shida always looks like a star to me. Um, probably worst match of the night for AEW was probably actually the Cody versus Jake Hager match. Uh, right. And and that's surprising because Cody almost always puts on great matches, but it's Jake Hager. Mm, not so much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, surprisingly, the main event, the uh, uh, the tag team, uh, who was it? Was uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, Kenny Omega Page versus the Best Friends, right? Mm-hmm. I was expecting more for some reason out of that match. I felt it was. Although they did do a lot, it just wasn't as good. Maybe I overhyped it in my head or whatever have you, but it just wasn't like I found the MJF MJF uh, Jurassic Express match better, for instance. I don't know. I I really enjoyed the. I I probably liked the best friends match more myself. But keeping in mind that that match was going on at the same time as Sasha Banks and Io Shirai putting on an absolute banger of a match over on. NXT, that's part of where, uh, you know, the differences kind of lie. Um, How do you bring that as an excuse? Like, I get the Sasha match was amazing. I still haven't watched it. But I mean, just in general, in terms of the actual match, I feel like could have been better. We I'm not want to compare, I, right? Sure. But. I'm not saying it's, it's an excuse. Um, I'm just saying as part of my talking about that NXT was better, I think. Uh, you know, even even what, in my opinion, might have been the best match of the night, because I really enjoyed uh, the best friends versus uh, Omega and Paige. Um, and you know, it still wasn't wasn't as good as what a lot of people would say wasn't the best match of the night overall on NXT. I think it might might have been, but uh, that Oni Lorcan versus Timothy Thatcher match. That was pretty solid. solid. That, that was, was pretty solid. That one right I, there. Here's um, the deal. NXT, the reason NXT won, if you're counting ratings as winning, is is will be discussed actually in my crime, but um, ever, that was the one that mattered the least, and it was still a great match. <laughs> you know, in terms of matches. So, um, yeah, I, I have to agree. I didn't, I, I watched highlights from AEW, but I don't know. I would have liked the AEW card. I think it just missed something there. Um, <laughs> their open was a better match, but it was going against a fatal four way elimination for the women's number one contender t- position that Tegan Knox won. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and in the women's division of NXT right now, is there a bigger baby face right now than Tegan Knox? No. Knox? no, no, and especially getting getting the victory over Dakota Kai in there. Uh, yeah. That's not only is it the baby face winning, but it's the baby face capping off a was it six it, month long feud. Yeah, well, you know? uh, it was War Games that yeah. she attacked. So, so that was what October, November, December. January, February, March, November. April, May, November. So, so June. So still eight seven, months, eight months. You know, um, that's that's kind of my deal. Is I think, I think AEW put together a great card overall. I think I just don't think they delivered as well as NXT did this week. 
Uh, NXT has the, the thing that NXT does better than its counterparts in WWE is tells long-term storylines. Um, they could throw us a Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, and I know that they said it was the end, but they could throw us another one, and not, nobody'd be bad about it. Nobody would be bad about it. You know, <laughs> so but I, I think this conversation has just kind of led directly into a crime too. So, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I think it could be either of us. But you want to go next, DA? Yeah. Um, My my crime goes to uh, NXT for, uh, I'm going to flat out say the reason they won is they had stakes. Um, There's something to be said. You know, we, we dog a lot on on WWE for making the title be the only stake, but there's something to be said for making stakes happen. Mm-hmm. And there was stakes in, in most of their matches. There was stakes in that Sasha match uh, for Io to prove that she was legit, and for Sasha to prove that she still got it. The, the, yeah, the, the main roster is legit, and the, it ended up in a smash finish, which allowed to, allowed people to be protected on both sides. I don't like smash finishes, but you kind of have to in this instance. There were stakes in the first match. Um, there were stakes in the triple threat match. There were stakes in so many of the matches that. Yeah, you got to be excited about it. The the only one that didn't have like stakes in it probably was the Oni because yep. the Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. While there wasn't like a title or anything like that on the lines for it, it was a strap match, um, and it was Roderick Strong's psychological stability uh-huh. was on the line. So, and that's the deal. Is going to Fighter Fest, MJF <laughs> and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express was. Uh, just because, like, bragging rights. Uh, well, because MJF and, and Jungle Boy have that little feud going on, yeah. but... But it's still not stake stakes. Uh, no. Hikaru Shida versus uh, Penelope Ford was for a title, so that one had stakes. Cody versus Hager was for a title, but Ortiz and Santana versus Private Party? Because... Uh, not even a contendership. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was technically for theoretically a contendership. And we knew, like, Cody versus Hager, we knew wasn't going to be a title change, unfortunately. We know that, that, that Hager, Hager's a supporting cast member, unfortunately. We all know that, you know? And I guess that's the supporting cast member title, so that maybe does work. But I just, I think that a lot of people have the feeling that AEW is not, you're not going to see a lot of time, you're not going to see a title change on a weekday show. Mm-hmm. If it ain't on a Saturday or Sunday, you ain't and- going to see and frankly, so far, they've been, for the most part, right, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, technically, I mean, the private party match was for number one contender. But all their stuff, in, and that's something else to be said, timing matters a lot there, too. All of their stuff with stakes was in the middle, and WWE made a sandwich out of it, or NXT made a sandwich out of it. And it's one thing that both of them kind of did that's a little weird, to have a match for the number one contender uh, for a match the winner of a match later on in the night sort of a thing, right? Uh, In the case of Private Party, it was a title match. Uh, So Private Party wins number one contendership for the tag team titles, but they don't really know who they're going against because the tag team titles are being defended later on that night. And that, in in my opinion, kind of weakens the the buildup sort of a thing, you know, because you can't come away from that saying, Private Party wins their shot at Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Because you have to say, private party wins their shot at whoever wins this match later. We knew that the women's 
Fatal 4-Way was going to be against Io Shirai. We knew that that was a non-title match, it, it, but the, the amount of bragging rights involved in that title match were so much more significant than the bragging rights in other matches on AEW. And I think stakes just made such a big difference. I, whether it was how they sold the stakes, whatever it was that made those stakes matter, they mattered. Uh, even in the, even in the um, Robert Stone match, there was stakes there. They were garbage, and nobody. It was the worst match of the night by far. Um, but there were stakes there. You know. I got to be honest. I don't go to a party unless there are stakes. Even the garbage stakes are better than no stakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, I was looking to make that joke somewhere. Damn it. <laughs> well played. Uh, no, but I, I 100% agree. I mean, every every match at NXT Great American Bash Night One. Oh, that's a mouthful. Uh, felt like it meant something. I mean, even the Rhea Ripley even the versus Timothy match. Yeah, but even the Rhea Ripley versus uh, Stone and Aaliyah, there were stakes to it. Like you said, there was a meaning to it. If Rhea Ripley lost to those two people in a two-on-one, uh, then she had to join Robert Stone Brand and be a part of it. Um, and the other stakes that were involved is. Can Rhea Ripley pull a decent match out of Aaliyah? And the answer is no. Rhea Ripley's good, but she's not that good. <laughs> Maybe they should have called Kenny Omega to come over and say, hey, listen, remember when you wrestled that 11-year-old girl and the mop and the um, inflatable doll? We need you, you to do that? one of those with Aaliyah. Yeah. How, how do you make that good? <laughs> Ugh. And yeah, the sad it, thing it, is, I, I was going to give Aaliyah some credit. <laughs> I was going to give Aaliyah some credit until this night because she has been improving. Yes, she has. Um, and and it's not – I really think this was booking more than it was anything else. But still, well, there were stakes to it at least. And, and you went in going, God, I'd kind of like to see Robert Stone have Rhea Ripley on his team. You know, I was I was kind of rooting for Robert Stone there. I think the, the way you fix that match is you don't have it be a handicap match. You have it be Aaliyah versus Rhea Ripley again. Um, and then you have Robert Stone do a bunch of heel tactics to try to get the victory. Maybe throw a shoe again? Huh? Yeah. Throw another sh shoe? Who throws a shoe? Really? But uh, but in the end, because here's the deal is, in the end, even if Aaliyah had put on a strong match, which she didn't, but even if she had, we'd be coming away from this going, it was still two on one. No one yeah. comes out of that looking strong except for Rhea Ripley in a victory, right? Rhea Ripley yeah. loses on two on one. She doesn't she doesn't look weak. It was it was outnumbered, right? Rhea Ripley wins two on one, she looks strong. Aaliyah and Robert Stone win. They don't look strong because they needed to team up to beat Rhea Ripley. Uh, they lose. They lose. And so there was no winning for Aaliyah and Robert Stone that made them look good, right? It, it just told a better, a, a good, a better Robert Stone storyline if Rhea Ripley joins, because then you can have. And we haven't seen Chelsea Green since then, so maybe her contract's up. No, the reports have it Chelsea Green was going to be called up to the main roster. So that's why they had her dump Robert Stone. And then after starting that angle, her call up to the main roster has gotten stalled. And they now don't know for certain if she's going to go back, go up to the main roster, going to show up again at NXT. And that's got to be super frustrating for Chelsea Green. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be told you're coming up to the main roster. 
and the, then she totally torpedoes her storyline that's going actually pretty good for her in NXT. And then they're like, um, well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. We'll, we'll let yeah, you it's know. a slap in the face. I mean, I suppose they could do a please take me back type thing. Um, what they would have to have her do if they decide to not put her on the main roster, which she's good enough that, I mean, not that good enough is the qualification for main roster, to be perfectly honest, but she's good enough. She's uh, got the maps appeal, I think, that she could be main roster pretty easily. Uh, but if they decide not to and keep her on NXT, what they have to have her do is come out and lose a bunch of times. Uh, lose to Aaliyah. Lose to, you know, pretty much everyone. Candice LeRae. And, well, they could have yeah, done yeah. that with, with Rhea. Because then all of a sudden, Robert Stone's the manager of really talented people. Mm-hmm. So if they have him get Rhea under his belt, which, again, I don't know that that's a good move. I'm just saying with the existing storyline, not the, the worst move they could have done. The problem is, like you say, they they missed their opportunity to build him up as the, the rock star representative. Yes, he had, you know, Chelsea Green, who won a bunch of matches and looked like a rock star. Uh, what they should have done is once he was fired by her, immediately had him go and, I, to be perfectly honest, he should have just approached uh, Dakota Kai and and Raquel Gonzalez and said, I want to manage you guys and, you know, them be just beasts under him. Um, but, or, you know, manage Candice LeRae and have LeRae win or manage, I mean, someone. But the big thing is have them win because having one client who does really good does not make you a rock star manager, right? You've got to have multiple clients. you got to show that you're the one, you're the common thing between these people becoming big. Oh, uh, by the way, I do want to mention I'm falling in love with Del Santos. Del I Santos. Am? Oh yeah, his heel work is great. Mm-hmm. He's he's good. He's he's good. And you know, it's it's nice to see them giving uh Drake Maverick at least a feud, a real something, instead of just like, okay, now that we uh got all the good publicity by signing you to a contract and all that stuff, now we're gonna uh put you back to the lower card and you know not see you for a while um so it's it's gonna be interesting to see um if they keep him teamed with brizango for a while uh keep this this feud three on three for a while or if they make it a really short thing and then go back to a one-on-one i don't know but the the upside is it looks like they're using drake maverick as a wrestler um i still would love to see him be rockstar spud but that's beside the point uh, as long as he's actually wrestling, because that's been the biggest problem they've had with Drake Maverick the entire time he's been in WWE, is they brought him in and then immediately stuck him in non-wrestling roles. Uh, Correct. And, I mean, you could say the same for Robert Stro- Stone, who in uh, TNA Impact, or Impact... was Robbie E. Robbie E., um, who was a relatively big name wrestler. I mean, he wasn't like world champion but he was upper upper mid card and and well known and then comes in and he's a manager um and and maybe that's what they should have done with Robert Stone the entire time is not just have him be a manager but have him actually go out and win matches and and kind of be uh I I don't want to just manage you because I think I know I want to show you that I know how to win matches mm. that's me making fun of whatatever notification just went off Oh, my bad. 
Anyways, no, I I agree. Uh, Dos Santos, Los Santos. I can't even remember what his full name is. Former El Hijo del Fantasma. Uh, Correct. That is the best name you could give him. Yeah, former. Uh, but no, still he, leader of the Del Fantasma group. Yes. Um, he's doing great. I think one great thing that comes out of it, uh, that came out of it for him, is the fact that his English is is actually quite good. Yes. Uh, doesn't come across as, um, you know, that stumble through your heel promos uh, that we see so often from these luchadors who come up to America. Um, and to be perfectly honest, uh, and not NXT, but WWE main roster has actually at least started to embrace it and had Oscar not stumble through English language, uh, but just deliver her promos in Japanese, um, and that it works so much better. You know, it really does. I feel like that's a pure Oscar thing, though. I feel like just because Oscar's so energetic and it just freaking works really no, well. So Oscar uh, definitely plays into it, but but it just comes down to uh, so often. You know, the stereotype is the people who don't speak English very well struggle. Um, and that's why they typically get uh, a manager is because it's so hard for their promos to come across. I'll give uh, a pretty good example. Humberto Carrillo right now. Uh, he's phenomenally talented in the ring. He's actually got a hell of a lot of charisma, but anytime they stick a mic in front of him, it all falls flat because his English isn't good enough. And I think if he would just deliver his promos in Spanish and either they subtitle them or they give, <laughs> get, get, which would be fun, or they give him... I don't think they've... Have they ever done that? No. I don't think they have. Um, that would be interesting. Would or, or give him an official translator, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, effectively, they could play the no speak at English um, role with him, except be more real about it, you know? And even if he just came out and said, listen, my English is not so good, so... And then he delivers it all in Spanish, and then they have a translator there. That's fine, right? Because his personality can come through better when he's speaking in his natural tongue uh, and not always concentrating on what am I saying? What is the word for how you say how you say, you know? But that's neither here nor there. I think, I don't know. I, I think I lost my train of thought on that. So we will move on. No, El Hijo del Fantasma, Dos Santos, whatever, whatever. What is it? What it is? Is his whole name? Pablo Escobar Dos Santo, es Escobar Dos Santo. I don't. Know. Anyways, I could look it up, but I really don't care to. So it's still alive though. Ah, uh, but but no, he's he's doing great as a heel, and to have these two other like beefy guys behind him be his muscle with him. Um, works pretty good. About my only worry right now is uh, NXT is starting to become fairly uh, face deficient, you know? See, but the 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 cruiserweight division had too many faces. Mm -hmm. Way too many faces. Way, way too many faces. But so, like from this night of Great American Bash, of course you have Tegan Knox and Mia Yim are faces. Um, Oni Lorcan versus Timothy Thatcher. I don't know if either of them qualify as a face or a heel. Um, uh, Aliyah and Robert Stone versus Rip Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's the face in that 
storyline. Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. Is is there a face in that storyline? Not sure. I'm pretty sure Dexter Loomis is supposed to be a face. But just, know. you know, a sociopathic face. Yeah, just that psychopath face that, you know, you know, that lovely psychopath that lives next door to you and, you know, helps you carry your garbage out and sometimes murders you. <laughs> Maybe throws you in a trunk. Maybe. Maybe, right? And then, of course, Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai. That's kind of the weird one because less than a year ago or right out a year ago is when they turned to Io heel. And... Uh, but then they, by now, now that she's champion, she's basically a face, but she hasn't changed her character, really. But no. in this storyline, she definitely was the face versus Sasha Banks in that dastardly Bailey. And, but I mean, in a way, Asuka's the same way. Asuka hasn't changed her character at all since coming, becoming the face of the women's division in Raw. Uh, she's still spitting the green mist. Yeah, she True. just she just it's a face wound. Not hated. <laughs> I guess. No, I mean I agree with everything. And, and that's why I don't know. I think I think Great American Bash having stakes on everything was a was a big point to it. But on top of it, I just I just think the matches were better quality just top to bottom. Not saying that AEW's weren't quality matches. I'm just saying overall top to bottom, I think NXT's were better. Um agree. And and that kind of brings me to uh, uh, my crime as well. Um, it's related to this, both AEW and NXT having two week long, air quotes, pay-per-view level shows, even though I don't know if either of them were pay-per-view level, right? <laughs> but my crime goes to leakers, those mm. dastardly leakers. I, whether it's purposeful or accidental, in these days of pre-taped shows, it's it's more and more important that the results do not leak. And this week, both shows for next week ha- were affected by leaks. Um, at least apparently. We'll find out this coming week whether these leaks were real or not. I am relatively certain the NXT one was real, but they do have time to change it potentially and i'm not gonna spoil what the leaks are if you haven't seen them and are wanting to keep pure i'm not gonna tell you what the leaks were if you aren't worried about leaks and and aren't worried about that all you have to do is go on to google and search for nxd spoilers aew spoilers and you will find them right um they are there (laughs) they are there they're out there they're not hidden they're not hard to find but NXT, it was only one match. It was actually only one photo that. <laughs> but it, it was got, a big one. But it was a big one, and it was leaked by an NXT talent who accidentally posted this photo on Instagram, uh, maybe not knowing that it it wasn't, wasn't live. Live, you know, because they recorded both weeks back to back for NXT. So as soon as NXT went off the air, they recorded next week for this coming. Uh, and so he could have theoretically thought that, hey, this had already gone out on the air. And so I can post this because everyone's already seen it and then found out, oh, crap, no. 
Um, well, I mean, honestly, don't you just look at your NXT social media too, though, and see what the WWE has posted? Like, what, what the hell? How, how often you, do you go and double check before you post something on on Instagram? Because the vast majority of people do not. They just post. They read something and press share. So, um, but but in the end, he he took it down pretty much immediately. Uh, as soon as someone brought it to his attention, I'm sure. Uh, but once it's out there, it's out there, right? Yeah. AEW uh, did not record their stuff the same night. They recorded week two of Fighter Fest the following night. But about a night later, a person on uh, Reddit leaked supposedly the entire entire night result um and that's potentially really damaging for next week uh because one way or another if you know the entire night's result you may be more inclined to dvr it and watch the other show air quotes live the one that you don't know all the results to um and it's 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 possible that nxt records a new ending or a new result for the match that uh, got leaked, but it's very unlikely that AEW re-records the entire night so the spoilers aren't real, you know? So um, if those spoilers are indeed legit, AEW's got the entire night spoiled, um, and that's that could be bad for them. That's I don't good. know. It could be a McFoley moment for either side, though. Too. Yeah. Way to steal my line from before the show. <laughs> See, yep. this is why we shouldn't talk before the show, guys. Yep, 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 yep. But no, in, in all seriousness, that's that's the one positive thing that can come out of these. Uh, the NXT spoiler has made me want to watch the NXT match more. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's made me want to do that more. And I already have to watch it every week anyway, so it's not a deal. (laughs) Right. But that's what I get paid to do is watch NXT. You get paid? (laughs) Maybe, I guess. (laughs) Just found out. Just found out from one of the bosses that I get paid. Man. See, this is why we should never discuss our paychecks, people. (laughs) (laughs) But... But I mean that's the deal. Is that Zangief in that's Zangief the the you got paid on on the really crappy uh oh, what was that movie? Obviously there's only one Zangief. Um Street Fighter. Fighter? Yeah. You got paid? Oh. I, I I'm going to tell you right now we can't give that uh too much crap because uh that is one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. Oh my god. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes, 100% real. Oh, I have so many jokes that I'm not going to disclose. Sparks, I, am, I am one of your biggest fans, Mrs. Sparks, <laughs> but I will flat out tell you, you are wrong about that movie. Uh, yes, <laughs> very, very wrong. You need to... Um, I'm no, no, no dog in her. Just she's no. wrong about this just, movie. Just needs to watch better movies, that's all. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I um, am going to be take the easy way out and say I think it's a phenomenal movie. Good choice. I think think Jean-Claude Van Damme has done certainly heck of a ton better movies. This is definitely uh, one of his worst. Oh, I'm going there. 
Wow, you just made yourself onto the Mrs. Smart's least favorite person list. Hey, I, I, at least I made a list. At least I made a list. You just, just made the up. list. Uh, so, Santos Escobar. Um, so, go, going into, of course, night two of both of these, right? The NXT card is, is actually a lot slimmer than the AEW card. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are more matches added to the NXT card that that we don't know about um, and have not been spoiled, of course. Uh, because as of right now, there's only three matches listed for the NXT. Oh, wow. Match tar- part two. Uh, whereas AEW has six total matches listed and uh, three of them are tag matches. Damn. Uh, whereas we've got one tag match for NXT, so but that could work out in NXT's favor as well because so much more up in the air, so many more surprises they can pull out, you know. Uh, but I don't know. But that's kind of my thing is these spoilers, you know, if if it's an accident, I guess I I can't hold it against you. I mean, try not to accidentally spoil shit. Um but but seriously, like I'm normally a person who doesn't care about the spoilers, and I'll be the first person to admit I've read the AEW, right? But I am by far in the minority when it comes to things like that. Uh, the vast majority of people prefer not to have spoilers, and uh, I don't blame them. You know, if in a lot of ways it can be a lot more fun to go into these things not knowing what's going on. So. Um, if if you're thinking if you're in attendance at one of these events and you're thinking hey i can get a name for myself and spoil some shit on the internet um fucking don't no but honestly what name will you be really getting anyways one you're gonna have to use a fake name you can't be using like whatever even if the name you want to get popular name you're gonna get well it's it's Reddit is where they typically leak, and so people create an account on Reddit with a fake name, and they build uh, a reputation of being the one who spoils shit on the internet. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, you do it too often, especially right now when there's so few people in crowds. Uh, eventually, you get figured out who's the one doing the spoiling. But for a short time, you build clout. It's clout chasing is what it is. So. Um, I do, you know, I said this beforehand, there's the conspiracy side of my brain that does think it's awfully coincidental that a day and a half after a match from NXT gets spoiled online, suddenly the entire card from AEW gets spoiled. And I just can't help but wonder if there wasn't a relatively sizable paycheck from uh, Titan Enterprises going out to someone for spoiling the entire AEW. I mean, it's... it's or it could have just been someone making everything up, too. It could have been. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that any of that is even true to begin with. It could just be someone who's very creative and just thought of everything. Uh, you know, but I mean, the odds of that, the fact that they did actually have staff's family members at the show when they were in the higher up, up of the dome... Uh, where they even mentioned they didn't need to be tested because they weren't near the personnel. 
and so on. Um, I don't know. I just who would have the guts to have spoiled that who was in attendance and is related to one of the people that worked for the company? Well, keep in mind it was friends and family, so some of the people there might be might have been just invited by a family member. Um, and once again, with the anonymity of posting online, you know, they feel like no one knows it's them. So maybe, I don't know. Well, I certainly hope that guy went to a coffee shop, which I doubt because it's COVID, or he, uh, he, um, he hid his, or he was under a VPN because yeah. it's pretty he posted easy. it from a yeah. small village in, uh, France, France, where I post my stuff. Yep, that's that's where I go. <laughs> my my home is a small village in France. Yes. What's the name of that village again that our VPN goes through? I I have no clue. It's 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 uh Viers on Couches? Couches? France? Christ. Viers on Couches? I'm not you're even sure I'm remembering say French. Oh. No, you're not at all. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm remembering how it's spelled. I think it was C-A-U-C-H-E-S, but a but I'm not sure. I'm not looking at it right now. Um, you know, I mean, it would be a catastrophe if cat ass trophy. Cat ass trophies. I'm surprised if, I never if. thought of that cheesy joke. But anyway, don't you to, dare make fun of the cat ass trophy. Cat ass trophy is awesome. And it will so be what? a t-shirt. So, folks, today we learned that Officer Smarks and Officer Kayfabe cannot be teaching you English nor French because they would fail you miserably in speaking these languages. Thank I don't you. speak English. It's I speak American. Point exactly. No, speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but so that's kind of my thing is, is I mean, these leakers and spoilers, it's one thing if it's an accident. You're purposefully going to it. Stop being a garbage human being and it'd be better. I'm pretty sure somebody was just a fanboy in the NXT one. Not going to yeah. name names, but. Yeah, that's my point. Sure. I, I, I think it was entirely accidental from him that he, he was marking out at that moment. And and like I said, I think he probably thought that that event had gone out, like that it was like lost track of time, saw that and was like, oh, that must have gone out. Click, boom, send. Uh, but yeah, that's what I say. If it's accidental, it's one thing. I mean, try to be better. But, you know, I understand mistakes happen. The AEW one was someone took the time to go home and write it out the entire post um, which because it was detailed it wasn't just these are the results it was like this is what happens and then this happens and then this happens um and and if it's, yeah. if it's fake still stop being a garbage person right well and why are you given your phones though didn't they like say no phones allowed or something like you would have had to have remembered all of that no or i guess the phones are allowed I guess no. even if phones weren't allowed, I mean, it's I I've known people who, who in fact, I've been a person who's gone to a rock concert and uh, come out of it and been able to write down the entire set list beat for beat for the entire thing, you know, so. I mean, it's not. You don't really have to do beat for beat at a rock concert. Like, you just gotta remember the twelve songs they did. Uh, <laughs> well, this was a Pearl Jam concert, so it was like thirty-two songs. Okay. Uh, well, it's... Uh, and then some political commentary in between. And... Were you? Was it like playing Simon for you? Were you like, 
I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it, was, it was. Can you name that song in three notes? I can name that song in three notes. Yes, name that song. Oh, okay. When it comes to Pearl Jam, yes, you can. Pretty much. Yep. Most of the time. But. We will move on to misdemeanors, and I have two. Uh, One of them plays directly into what we've just been talking about, AEW Fighter Fest versus NXT Great American Bash Night 1. And, um, well, actually, I think both of them technically... uh, uh, this is very much AEW and NXT centric this week, but my main main misdemeanor is to Dave Meltzer. Oh, Dave, man, Dave, come on! I I know Dude, you. Man, if you, Dave's you, not here, man. Dave not here. Nah, man, it's me, Dave. It's me. Gotta let me in, man. The cops are after me. We did. Me, Dave. Anyways, um, Dave Meltzer, Dave, Dave, Dave. Right. He gets he gets accused fairly often of being an AEW fanboy, uh, of being unnecessarily harsh on WWE and uh, very forgiving on AEW. And he did absolutely nothing to help his argument against that this week. Because keep in mind, again, I think NXT was the better show this week. I think DA Fabe agrees with me that it was the better show this week. So I'm not entirely crazy i i wouldn't say i mean i'm not saying match for match because uh whatever went up against rhea ripley was definitive i think it was the best friends match would have gone up against it um no that probably would have been uh the santana and ortiz versus private party which yeah would have been a better better match Mm -hmm. but um so here is Dave Meltzer's star ratings for Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, right? And we will try. I mean, it's uh, it's five matches versus five matches, so I'll alternate back and forth. Even though timing-wise, uh, it didn't exactly line up this way, but uh, AW Fighter Fest started off with Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. Of course, Great American Bash started off with Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae versus Tegan Knox versus Mia Yim. Um, so of those two matches, I think I, we already know where JLB stands on it. Which one would you have sent as the better one? For me? Yes. Well, yeah. That, you know where that, I'm going. that Fatal 4-Way was phenomenal. It was great. Fatal 4 was phenomenal. MGF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express was really good. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave uh, Jurassic Express and MJF four and a quarter stars, and the Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim two and three quarter stars. What? He gave oh. Jurassic Express and MJF one and a half stars better than Dakota Kai versus Candice I can LeRae. understand like half a star better. Mm-hmm. One and a half stars better, right? Okay. Um, moving on. Second match, we had uh, Penelope Ford versus. Uh, Hikaru Shida. Um, and then Oni Lorcan versus Timothy Thatcher. Boy, I'd have probably given Shida, because of Shida, the, the edge, but that Lorcan Thatcher match was really good. But uh, I'll give I'll give the edge to Shida. Okay. This one's the closest, I think, uh, overall. I get to know there's one that's closer, but this one's pretty close. Uh, Oni Lorcan, Timothy Thatcher three and a half stars 
Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford, four stars. I, I think that's fair. I think that one's kind of fair, right? But it doesn't stay so fair. Uh-oh. <laughs> Cody versus Jake Hager matching up to Aaliyah versus Aaliyah and Robert Stone versus Rhea Ripley in uh, terms of now I'm not saying that Aaliyah match, Robert Stone was, was a great Cody match right. better match it's the better match was it a four star match no no oh, it was it was a two seven five tops yeah was it a three star match also no right like you say two I I would have felt a little rough giving it two and a half stars myself but that would have been a, probably the max. It was Cody's worst match in AEW this far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer gave it four stars. Why? Four. It was short too. It was short. It was it was bollocks is what it was. Uh, Aaliyah and Robert Stone versus Ray Ripley gave one star. I can't uh, argue that. <laughs> can't really argue that, but. Uh, uh, four and, stars for Cody for Sager. And, and I gave AEW the win on the last two. Close wins, but uh, I don't know. I, that women's fatal four way was really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's the head to head. You know, maybe you can say one way or another, but overall, I don't think so. Next one Ortiz and Santana versus Private Party going up against Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. God, that was a good match. Uh, I that's one I didn't watch. I, Ortiz and Santana, I didn't watch the full match. Um, I really liked that Roderick Strong, strong storyline. I hated it a week earlier, and something about this strap, this leather strap match, just made it that much better. Um, I I give a slight edge to the Dexter Lumis. Slight edge. So so if you were grading out of five stars. Well, the strap matches are, unfortunately, strap matches are held to a standard of JBL versus Eddie Guerrero. Um, and that match was really freaking good. Like, that was, that was a four, seven, five star match. And I, and I don't know what Meltzer gave JBL versus Eddie Guerrero, but that's the standard it's held against. Um, three and three quarters, probably. Okay. Okay. Um, I and that. Okay, three and three quarters there. Um, and Ortiz and Santana versus Private Party. Once again, you said you didn't watch all of it, but it was a good match. I'm not going to say I'd it probably, wasn't. I'd probably give it a three and a half from what I saw. Like it's an it's an edge. Like it's it's a quarter star win for. Yeah, I'd give it a four for a four point four point twenty five x. I really enjoyed that match. Okay. Uh, Meltzer gave uh, Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party three and a half stars. Which and, is what I just gave it. Yep. And Loomis versus Strong, one and a half stars. Why? I don't fucking know. Now, Lexi, I'm not trying There's to say. There's not going to be a lot of off the top rope action. Like, it's a leather strap match. So you have to understand what it is you're watching. And there was offense from both of them. Like, I don't know. I think just the introduction before the match even started, when Roddy went after the, the. See, I'm not afraid of him, and he didn't have the leather strap on yet. Um, that that uh, I, I thought that was that was enough to put it over. Just that little segment there was enough to put it over. And again, I, I guess I didn't watch Santana and Ortiz, but you know, all of my all of what I did watch of it um, said it was three and a half. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, I think he's fair rating that three and a half. 
it's just one and a half from Loomis versus Strong is just ludicrous. It's absolutely it's a, ludicrous. It's a very odd story. The whole Dexter Loomis thing is an odd storyline, and I, he doesn't he doesn't do well in his defense. He does not do well with odd storylines until he knows the the payoff to them. And then moving on to the main event from both nights: Best Friends versus Omega and Page on AEW. And Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai on NXT. Ah, oh, the schmoz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so take the match before the schmoz. What would you have given it? Oh, four and a half stars. Okay. And how much of a deduction do you think a, the schmoz is? Half a star, probably. It's probably okay. a four star. So, a four star match, right? Best Friends versus Omega and Paige. What would you have given that one? Well, automatically, Dave Meltzer gives Omega and Paige a fucking three-star start. They could, <laughs> they could, they could squash out to the Best Friends, and he'd give them a three-star start. But um, they're probably pretty close. I mean, three, three, seven, five to four. I'd probably say I would rather watch the the Sheeta because of the stakes. I would rather watch the Sheeta uh, Sasha match, but. Uh, and I understand there was a title on the line versus there wasn't, but nobody felt like Paige and, and Omega were going to lose that match. Right. Beforehand. Like, nobody did. So Meltzer rated them tied at three and three quarter stars. Well, I, oh, okay. I, no, I just, just... The, the Sheeta Sasha one, and maybe he hit some harder for Shamal's finish. Maybe he does. I don't. I don't think so. Because here's the deal: it really, like, it wasn't the definition of a schmoz finish, right? No. Because the real schmoz finishes are uh, the heel team interferes so that it becomes a disqualification, uh, so that there's really no winner. Face team interfered because the heel team interfered. The heel team interfered, so the face team retaliated and got a victory. Um, it wasn't a clean victory, but it still was a victory. For having Cheetah and, and Asuka could be the the team de la four belts, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's 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 a gift there because they've tagged together in the past. And maybe, maybe that makes me the mark. I don't know. I just... You look at the cards prior to it actually happening, and this is hands down, and I mean hands down, you should want AEW is the one you want to watch. If you don't know anything about any storylines or anything like that, you just know the wrestlers. But that's not what we had. We knew the wrestlers, or we knew the wrestlers, we knew the matches, we knew the stakes. We went, eh, I don't think I'm going to miss anything. <laughs> like, that's really, I don't think I'm going to miss that much. And it, again, AEW has been around long enough that now there's a routine. Now we know, or we feel like, there's not going to be a title change. And if there was, it was going to be in the main event. I don't know. But but so here's where I just point out that I think the bias shows fairly well. The highest rated match from NXT for the entire night, according to Dave Meltzer, was Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai at three and three quarter stars, right? Um, AEW, according to Meltzer, had three matches ranked higher than that and one match tied for me. So all but one match from Fighter Fest, according to Dave Meltzer, was better than the best match of the night on NXT, which I don't think I agree with, period. I don't I don't think, I, I loved the Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford match. 
I would not have given it a better score than the Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks match. No. Uh, I I loved the MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express match overall. I probably wouldn't have given that a higher score than Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai. Um, yeah, I, that's, I haven't even watched the match, but everyone's been telling me I have to. So I imagine it's really good. And I love Sasha Banks in the ring. So I feel like I will already love this match. And I'm definitely watching it after this podcast. Um, I got to be honest. Uh, Oni Lorcan versus Timothy Thatcher. I would have taken that Way better. over. He gave, what did he give to that? Uh, three and a half stars. Um, and I mean, I would have rather watched that than Ortiz and Santana versus Private Party, and definitely more than Cody versus Hager, right? Yeah, uh, I don't want to be marked out for for Hager and Cody. Yeah, like I, I think I want to watch Hager and Cody more than than Rhea Ripley beat up on two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but not that much more. Like it really. <coughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a mark for the women's revolution. I don't know. Which kind of brings me to my other misdemeanor. My other misdemeanor is on AEW for only having one women's match this week. Um, especially going head-to-head with NXT with two banger matches featuring women. The number one contender Fatal 4-Way and the Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. Um, and I get it. AEW doesn't have as many women on their roster, number one. And maybe they're feeling a little limited with uh, Chris Statlander out injured and Britt Baker out injured. But this was a perfect opportunity for them to bring up another woman, another one of their people to to kind of do something and maybe maybe show a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, Sure. uh, And they didn't, you know, have Big Swole beat up on somebody. you know, you've been having Danny Jordan wrestle a lot on on Dark. Maybe maybe do that again. Um, I don't know, but they're the toughest thing with the AEW women's division right now is depth. I think. I think at the top, their top stars are are good enough to be top stars, but I think they really need to invest a lot more in the Anna Jays, the the Big Swole, which I think they're investing. Um, if Danny Jordan is signed, Abaddon. They could have had Abaddon out there. For one of these matches and really let her destroy yeah. some um and that's kind of yes it's it's a little nitpicky because they still put on six or five matches or whatever it was uh and so they would have had to have shoehorned another match in there somewhere but seriously cody versus hager was not very long so shave a couple minutes off of santana and ortiz versus private party and put abaddon destroying someone there in the middle you know, or something, right? Uh, move some things around, put Ford versus Sheeta up near the main event and put uh, a lower card women's match early on. Um, I mean, in a way, I, I think it should be a misdemeanor that Hikaru Sheeta versus Penelope Ford was the second match of the night when it was for the women's championship. Mm. Uh, you know, I really think that should have been the the maybe not the main event because you've got the best friends versus Omega and Page. And I do um, like that they featured the tag tag division so well there. Mm-hmm. And so have the tag tag match be the main event, but have Ford versus Sheeta as the co-main event, maybe. Or have one of your nights as the woman's main event, though. Maybe you could add the tag as the co, because technically the women's championship should be higher than the tag team championship. 
Mm-hmm. You could definitely right? make that argument. You know, well, at the very least, I mean, it should be the same that level. Really depends on your opinions on it, but well, no. But if we're going to, it would be men's world title, women's world title, uh, uh, you know, a TV title, and then tag titles. I I would I always I would put the, conservative sexist here. Holy cow! I would always put the tag titles above the TV title. Because you're oh, the, the the tag title is the world tag champion, which right. is the same name as the world heavyweight champion, and therefore right. it should be the same level. That's why I say I would say it's a three way tie. World tag, world okay. title, women's world title, world tag titles are all the same levels. So I'm fine with having them be the main card, uh, main main event, but still putting the women's one. Up yeah. the co could have at least been the co. Yeah. Yeah. AEW has that's been a weakness for them for a while, and it's not going to change anytime soon until they feel that they have a draw in the women's division, which they had in Chris Statlander, but she's down with an injury, and I think Sheeta is. Don't get me wrong. I I think I think Sheeta. Sheeta is an equal draw as Io Shirai. I do not think Sheeta is a. Becky Lynch level draw, but but I mean just in in the end in with the women's roster, you know, they need to develop at least a few more names up there uh, to to draw more in. And the only way you develop names is to put them on the card, right? Yes. Uh, you know, not on dark. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with AEW Dark. It's a it's a fun show, but for the most viewers out there, AW Dark isn't on their list. They don't watch it, right? But, you know, I mean, just looking through the AEW women's roster, right? Allie, uh, why isn't she being featured on Dynamite more? She's in this weird storyline with QT Marshall and Brandy Rhodes. Um, it makes no sense to me there, right? That she should be featured. I mean, she's a former Impact World Women's champion, right? Knockouts champion, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, Shanna is phenomenal. The only only argument I could see maybe for Shanna not showing up is is uh, immigration, is travel, you know, because she's not originally from America. Sadie Gibbs, uh, maybe she's stuck over in England because she's technically British, but I don't know. Uh, you know, Nyla Rose, Mel, Leva Bates. I think we may have found the thing that Kenny Omega is not good at in wrestling, and that's booking women. Yeah. yeah I put all this blame on, on Kenny, man. Like, he's had this for how long now? Well, uh, in fairness, the start, from all the reports there, for the first six months, Brandy was co-managing the women's division, so they were working together, and it's only been recently that Brandy stepped back and is just letting Kenny do it. Uh, and a lot of the good stuff that's happened the past couple weeks, because there was some of that good stuff happened this week. It wasn't a match, but it was with um, uh, Britt Baker in her Rolls Royce um, with the uh, plexiglass <laughs> all around. And awesome. maybe that's it. Maybe injuries have just devastated that division. But but all the more reason they should have signed some more people, right? Um, because I mean, frankly, if if having an injury technically to two people, Chris Satlander and Britt Baker, um, has has left you so so distraught. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then now, like I say, I mean, don't get me wrong, Yuka Sakazaki is probably stuck in Japan. Same with Rio. 
right? As I mentioned, Sadie Gibbs might be stuck over in England. Uh, Shayna might be step, stuck down in uh, Portugal. I don't know if she went home or not. Emi Sakura uh, probably is a, in, stuck over in Japan. So I get that. But here's the deal. Abaddon, Ali, Anna Jay, Big Swole, Brandy Rhodes, uh, Leva Bates, Mel, Nyla Just- Rhodes. Just throw me a, a Big Swole Nyla Rose match. Yep. Throw me a Haas match. That's fine. A Haas match should be enough. Heck, you, you technically have Rebel, the personal assistant to uh, Britt Baker. Throw her in a match versus Big Swole. She's legitimately a wrestler, right? So you have her take a match um, with yeah, Big Swole to fill some... build a storyline there too, right? Like, she's always giving her assistant shit and so on, and then you can make it like, I'm gonna prove to you, Britt, that I'm I'm worthy of your whatever attention or whatever, that I can do these things. Like, you could seriously... Is she a good wrestler? I've never actually seen her wrestle, obviously. Uh, it's... It's been a long time. Like I said, she used to wrestle an impactor at the time. Uh, oh, okay. TNA. Um... And so it's been a long time since I've seen her do it. Uh, so I, I don't know for certain. Mm. But but I I can't help but think that she has at least been good. But even if she's even if she's not super great, even if she's a little ring rust, it's still showcasing some more women. Like I say, I mean yeah, Danny Jordan, who's who's been on AEW Dark before, is from around that area. Bring her in. You know, to fill even if it's just to to fill a roster spot temporarily while you're you're you know weakened. Um, uh, Christy Jane has been on AEW Dark a few times, so bring her out. She's fun to watch, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there's quite a few uh, Diamante. Diamante was apparently backstage at AEW last week. Um, she's a phenomenal wrestler. Throw her something, or heck, start start giving some calls to to NWA because uh, they've got some some great wrestlers wrestling for NWA uh, that you know NWA is not currently doing anything. Um, you know, uh, I can't help but think that uh, they would at least allow some of their wrestlers to show up for at least a few times. You know what I mean? Uh, Short term, but. I mean, I'm just thinking, what's the, um, uh, Thunder Rosa is a phenomenal women's wrestler in NWA. Um, you know, bring, bring her over even for just a one-off. Say, you know, hey, come wrestle in AEW. We'll even, we'll even say your, uh, current NWA star. In fact, that's, they've been mentioning NWA. Their most recent sign, signee Ricky Starks was the former NWA, uh, TV champ champion so have her have have camille uh the valet and and person with nick aldis have her come and and just destroy someone and you know build build this kind of cross promotional relationship with nwa who knows <coughs> but but that's kind of that's I, it's a little nitpicky i get it but i just feel like you know AEW has to build up their women's division more and the only way they're going to do it is by getting these people in front of viewers more um, well I mean neither of us has heard of Nyla Rose and, and now we're both kind of making marks for her so mm-hmm. Hikaru Shida is another example I mean 
if we'd watched Stardom or um, uh, whatever the other women's uh, divisions are over in in Japan, we would have seen a lot of female stars that are coming over here for AEW. But we didn't. We're not we're not Stardom subscribers, right? Uh, and and so bringing them over here, we have to be exposed to them over here. And and that's why I say it's important to talk AEW Dynamite for exposure because while Dark is a wonderful concept of of having these dark matches and giving you a chance to see them on for free on YouTube right now, uh, the vast majority of AEW fans do not watch Dark. No, they don't. And so putting a, a woman star, putting anyone on Dark does not actually get them the exposure that that you really need them to get you know mm, yeah correct. Um, and getting them on dynamite gives them the exposure the exposure uh and, and that's really what you kind of need them to get you know um i don't know maybe, maybe i'm over analyzing uh that a little bit too much but you know aew dark um let me see if i can find how many views it got last week do AEW Dark right now, 331,000 views. That is a little bit less than half the total views that Dynamite got the following day. (laughs) And it is a third of the total views that the main event women's match, Sasha Banks versus EO, got. You know, I think that, that says a lot right there. Do you guys have any misdemeanors to go into? Um, no, not off the top of my head. I mean, you, you, you went solid tonight. Yeah, you went good. I really just had that Taz thing, and I was just gonna give uh, a kudos to how I wasn't how good SmackDown was this week. Just an accommodation to Matt Riddle, and if that story is true, by the way, with accommodations are next. We will just go ahead and move on to commendations. So commendations to Matt Little. <laughs> My bad. I knew where he was heading. Uh, every week. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't make the rules. I break them. Um, so, uh, yes. So, so yeah. Matt Riddle, honestly, I thought him starting SmackDown was awesome. That whole story about his feet. I don't know. I imagine that's legit. I feel like he wouldn't just make that up because that was a very specific story um, with him getting frostbite when he was young. And that's why he doesn't wear shoes. Anyone know if that's uh, a legitimate story or not? Not a clue. Do I look like I'm at Riddle Mark? No. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you might want to know everything about him so you can, you know, make fun of everything he does. That's what some marks do. Why 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 didn't he just be a... I mean, I don't know. He just sucks, okay? He just sucks. Either way, he was very entertaining. And um, just he provided... He, thank God they brought him up to the main roster in SmackDown. Because it makes SmackDown... SmackDown was decent, but with Riddle there, bro, it makes it so much watchable, bro. God, and I'm having a hell of a bro good time, bro. And uh, that's my accommodation. Matt Riddle, bro, gets my accommodation, bro. Bro, 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 bro. Bro, kick him. (laughs) Well, I have two commendations. The first one is uh, Sasha and Io for not just main eventing the first night of 
Great American Bash, but getting the highest viewerships of the night from both shows with almost a million views for that segment. The did shows. Your, uh, did you put the your pinky on your mouth for that one? Million. One million views. Uh, the each of the show, the overall average viewership was around 750,000 with NXT getting the victory for the second week in a row, which which is worth worth applauding uh, them for, which I also think plays into my theory, my uh, discussion that NXT put on the better show. I think nine times out of 10, viewership is pretty close to a uh, predictor of which was the better show. I really do think, especially between NXT and AEW, the, the people who watch these tend to appreciate the show so much better um but when it came down to that main event uh the main event of the night for both of those people tuned in to watch sasha banks versus io shirai um and best friends versus kenny omega and hangman page did not get any sort of bump it didn't get a, a massive drop in viewership which does mean that this was some carryover from main roster, that this was a Sasha Banks bump in many ways, um, which does at least lean credence to the idea of bringing a, uh, a main roster star down to NXT to pop the ratings a bit. But I will point out, you didn't get this bump when Charlotte came down. Charlotte was their champion for like a month, right? Oh, true. Yep. Didn't get this sort of bump. Sasha Banks comes down for a one-night event and nearly a million people tune in to watch. That says something to me. So, kudos, commendations to Sasha Banks and EO for that. And then uh, my moment of the week, hands down... I thought down, you were going to say your moment of bliss. Huh. My Well, it was, it was pretty blissful for me because I thought it was hilarious. Was Trent's mom dropping them off at the... <laughs> that match. was pretty epic. <laughs> it was the best it was perfect from from all of this them rolling up in a minivan them getting out the sliding door and trent having to fumble with what do i do oh i pull the thing to to get the door to slip and then he just wa starts walking towards the ring and he's mean mugging and his mom is like come back and give me a kiss so he has to walk back to and he tries to keep his mean straight face as he leans in for his mom we've to give him a there. kiss on the cheek we've all been there <laughs> it was so great it was wonderful, and then to have her then be in the in the uh, crowd to use a air quotes um, to watch the match was also great. It was it was the best use of a mother in professional wrestling of all time. Better than Judy Bagwell. I think it was better than Judy Bagwell on a pole. Um, <laughs> it was just awesome. I I laughed so hard. That was my moment of the week. There. Um, that's so. Those are my commendations. Uh, Da Fabe, you got anything to add? Uh, you know, I have to give a commendation to NXT just just for the use of Tegan Knox. Um, I think that they've opened up the door to go ahead and have um, EO still be heel, heel in this instance. And so, I don't know. That's my only real commendation. Awesome sauce. I agree. I'm so pumped for Tegan Knox. Like, I've, I've been wanting her to have a big push really yeah. since since she got attacked by Dakota. 
And I'm, well, and I want Dakota to have a big push right now. I just think it's it, tag titles is the place I'd go. Well, that's the deal. Is is the Tegan Knox storyline? Um, it. I hate to say it this way, but WWE could not have asked for a better storyline from her. And no. and that sounds sounds mean and sounds wrong because it all depended on her having double ACL surgery. Um, but but she came back from those, and she's the ultimate underdog story and what do people love more than an underdog story i don't know uh every movie that's an underdog story is immediately talked about as an oscar contender you know what i mean uh we we absolutely love (laughs) the whole concept of the underdog coming from nowhere rudy 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 Rudy. I know men aren't supposed to cry at movies. And then they made Rudy. Yeah. He's so small. Oh, but he gets to play in the end. <laughs> oh. But that's the deal. is, And so they lucked into with her. Now, this is not trying to knock her skill or talent or anything like that because she's phenomenally talented. Um, but in some ways, those two surgeries were the best thing to happen to her. Because oh, yeah. they, they gave her this built-in ultimate underdog storyline. Then to add into it the heat of having her best friend Dakota Kai turn on her. Yes. Uh oh, oh just feed me that all day. I'm I'm in. I'm one hundred percent in. Um she's a phenomenal talent. She's a great underdog. She's got a great the, the only under you the only more underused person I personally think that they have um, was Chelsea Green, and we already had our little conversation about her. Um, Chelsea Green's a pot of gold in terms of just... I loved her with with uh, Robert Stone. I just... That was such a good setup. Yeah, and so... So, no, I, I totally agree. Tegan Knox. I mean, I'm I'm all in for Tegan Knox versus Io Shirai. I don't care who's the... who If Io's a heel or not, it's 100% Tegan Knox is the face. Right, uh, you know, yeah. that's just the way it works, and so I'm all in for it. I, that'll be a phenomenal match. I, I'm hoping there's going to be some some. Um, I don't want to use shenanigans as the word. Some chicanery with a a shiniest ri- wizard being reversed into a moon salt somehow, and I'm all for do you, it. Do you think that can happen? <laughs> I, if any people can do it, it's Yoshira and Deacon Knox. Right, like she goes for the shiniest ri- wizard, and and Eo is somehow or another matrix rolls out of the way, uh, and then when Tegan Knox is laying there on the ground recovering from the mist shiniest wizard, out of nowhere a moonsault. I don't know. It's but but whatever happens, I'm there for it. I agree. I will agree with that for a while. And and that I mean that plays into it here. Even even without the spoilers on NXT, what, what was that? I, I was gonna say because uh, I haven't really gotten into Tegan Knox, but uh, you guys are getting me excited to perhaps watch some Tegan Knox matches. So if you were gonna oh, give her me shiny the top three, is she it, the the shiny wizard that she delivers is solid. Like it's really entertaining to see. Was her match interesting on the Great American Bash? Yeah, well, it was the Fatal 4-Way. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, perfect. So I'll watch that and uh, the main event. And what other Tegan Knox match do you guys recommend? Perhaps I do watch. Um, 
trying to think. I mean, a lot she of her matches with Dakota Kai. Ones against Candice that that were solid. Uh-huh. They they're the matches that kind of convinced me. Or when she tagged with Candice is even better. Mm, okay. Um, they're the ones. So Smarks comes to me and says, "Hey, Candice LeRae is better than you're giving her credit for. Give her more credit." And I say, "Nay, nay." <laughs> and he says, "No, seriously, go watch your tag with some Tegan Knox." And he's right. Like I, everything Tegan does, I love. I, I mean, love. So, okay, so fair. if if I'm you go to if you go to Cage Match and you search for Tegan Knox's best matches, um, like they got a match guide, and these are the ones that they list are the are the best. I'm gonna go. Uh, top to bottom, so they're they're absolute best. It's it's another one of the um, uh, uh, multi man match, and this was I believe it was uh, War Games. Yeah, War Games. Takeover War Games last year. Um, That's what you got it though, dude. Um, but that was Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, Shayna Baszler. Oh, versus... this is your qualifying match for that. This this was the. Um, yeah, all that. So, um, but you can go through that. But there's also like she appeared in um, move down here, uh, Dakota Kai versus Keegan Knox, Dakota Kai versus Keegan Knox again from uh, a couple weeks later, uh, Candice LeRae versus Chelsea Green versus Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai versus Mia Yim versus Tegan Knox. I mean, that just sounds like a great match one way or another there, right? Um, Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox from before Dakota turned on her. And that would have been one of the lead ups to War Games. Um, I believe that, yeah, that was uh, two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier. So really? leading up to it. Because that, that was Asuka and Kyrie Sane uh, representing. Oh, when they were the champs. Okay. Yep. So, uh, but the, those would be there. But like he said, uh, Candice LeRae versus Dakota Kai versus Mia Yim versus Tegan Knox. Um, She's got two former best friends, and any of the matches against those former best friends, because she used to be best friends also with Candice. Um, any of those matches that she has against them, whether they're group matches or not, they're fantastic. Her, um, I would suggest that her uh, pump kick is as good as Dakota's pump kick, um, and the shiniest wizard is so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. She's- She's just phenomenal. The, the she's got so much that are um, the, those hard to describe characteristics. You know those. Uh, she's so charismatic. Uh, you just she's such a natural baby face, and uh, some of that's added by the fact that she has this underdog storyline to to go with her. But she's she's just she's just uh, uh, phenomenal. Are you familiar with Chelsea Green? Uh, not so much, no. Okay. As good as Chelsea Green is at making you hate her, Tegan Knox is at, at making you love her. Oh, like, okay. Chelsea Green, the reason her her and Robert Stone worked so well is because Chelsea Green, you were just like, oh, annoying ass bitch. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Ryder, please don't hurt me. <laughs> but, but so no, I, I 100% agree on, I mean, I'm there for Tegan Knox, you know, period. Um, and, and whether she stays in NXT forever, uh, remo- I mean, she's one of the NXT wrestlers that I, I could see moving up to main roster and having a successful career, right? 
Yeah. There, well, there are. I, I, watching her wrestle, I mean, her in-ring in skill, it's not completely polished yet. It reminds me a lot of the Iconics on the mics when they first pulled up. Um, you, you could just tell that the, that the Iconics were going to be so incredibly good on the mic, it didn't matter how good they were in the ring. And that's exactly what happened. That's where Tegan's in, in-ring skill set is. It's so incredibly good that that you you know you're going to want to watch a match from her. Um, that, that, and that's really how I feel about watching her. I think, I think the most all-around, under, under, I don't know, used female athlete, and I think, I think Smarks would disagree with me on this. I think he would say Shotzi is. But I would say is Chelsea Green, especially now that they aren't using her at all. Um, but that's because she's so hateable. So incredibly hateable. <laughs> Well, my thing is, I'll, I'll use this as an example. I think of the women's wrestlers in NXT, Tegan Knox has the most potential to move up to the main roster and be really yeah. successful. And Chelsea Green's she's right also, up there, too. Right. She's also got but, the look. Remember the, when when they had the Mia Yim and, and uh, um, oh, her boyfriend, um, Keith Lee did the meal, and it was Tegan Knox that brought it in. She ate seven of the eight pieces of pizza, <laughs> and I thought, "Oh my gosh, is that Becky Lynch?" No, that's Tegan Knox. Holy crap! Like, but so she even has the look too. Yeah. In many ways, I think Tegan Knox is, and and this is gonna sound weird when I first say it, but let me explain. She's the anti Kyrie Sane. Um, Sounds weird. And, you're right. And it is, but it comes <laughs> down to this: Kyrie Sane. I, it really never should have been called up to the main roster. Right. No. Yeah, her, she's a gimmick wrestler and, her and with entire, tons of charisma. Her entire gimmick, her entire style and everything was like hand designed for someplace like NXT or Japan or even AEW, but not main roster WWE. Um, Tegan Knox is the opposite. Not saying Tegan Knox couldn't excel in AEW or New Japan. Uh, but Tegan Knox going up to the main roster is is uh, like chocolate and peanut butter. It just works, right? Um, and and that's the deal. So often uh, in NXT, you've got these characters, and we sit around and we talk about, you know, oh, when are they going to go up to the main roster? But in reality, they wouldn't work on the main roster. They would have to be entirely reworked. Um, and, I, you know, we're not talking much about Velveteen Dream right now, but he's a perfect example of... Yeah the character that wouldn't work on the main roster and they'd bring him up to it and they wouldn't know what to do. Um, in many ways, Adam Cole kind of fits that mold too. I, you mean, know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think Matt Riddle in terms of the bro, the original bro, the, I'm just going to say the pothead guy. I don't know <laughs> how well that works on the main roster. I know that, and I know there's some marks in, in this group for him, but um <laughs> But just, I, I don't know. but it's working. It's working completely. The for fans, you. quote unquote. No, but yeah. I think for, I mean, I don't know. I'm thoroughly entered. Like maybe his whole bro thing might get annoying at some point. But I mean, it hasn't in NXT when he would talk on the mic. It's not on SmackDown. I would I... see Matt Riddle talk any day than Sheamus and Jeff Hardy skits and segments. Damn it, that would have been my freaking misdemeanor. Sick and tired of that crap. I I will say right now that um, you say that Matt Riddle's working on on NXT, but it's been two weeks. Kyrie saying, 
on SmackDown, excuse me. Kyrie Sane was popular for the first month that she was up on the main roster. Uh, it was only after they started to water her down on the main roster that she started to stumble and eventually kind of lost her footing. And now all reports have it. She's headed back to Japan because her contract is up and she's just going to go back to where she can do what she wants to do the right way. And I'm all for it. I wish I wish she was going to some I, I wish she was going to AEW, uh, to be perfectly honest. She'd be a phenomenal get women's division, so Yeah, she'd be a phenomenal get for that women's division. But um and you know, it, the only reason that I'm glad she's not is just uh silencing all the oh just because they're a WWE person you done me you have to sign them immediately, people. If, yeah. if you're the Knicks and you get a chance to sign Michael Jordan in his prime, you freaking sign Michael Jordan, right? Uh, you don't you don't sit there and go, well, but he's a Chicago Bull, and I don't want to look like I'm just trying to take all the best people from the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, you true. sign them, right? That's what the business is all about. Anyways, long story short, um, there's so many NXT wrestlers that I do not think would survive on the main roster. But Tegan Knox is not one of them. Tegan Knox going up to the main roster, I think, fits so perfectly, right? Even Candice LeRae, I think, would struggle on the main roster uh, a bit. Uh, her her gimmick in WWE is kind of watered down a bit, and I think I don't know how well she'd do main roster. But Tegan Knox, I think, would would fit in just perfectly and and be able to rock it to the top. And help fill, you know, uh, fill some time while they're missing some other big stars right now. Um, but but yeah. I would, I suppose uh, we could continue talking for hours on Tegan Knox and, and uh, how great she is because she's great. She is very good. Um, and she's only 25 years old, so she's got a lot of, a lot of growth in front of her uh, to be able to, uh, you know, really reach her potential. Um, so I'm I'm all for it, but well, okay, here's a perfect example of someone called up to the main roster from NXT who struggled, Ruby Riot. Oh, yeah, and, and that's that's a shame because Ruby Riot is a phenomenal wrestler, but her gimmick. She was great initially on the on the main roster. It was the breakup for no reason. Just murdered that whole group. And now they're teasing maybe getting it partially back together and. You know, it's probably too little too late. So. Probably. But anyways, on that note, I think we'll, we'll try to close the book this week on the wrestling booking unit. Um, I always tell people at this point, I say go and make sure you like us on social media. You like this podcast and subscribe to it on whatever platform you use or multiple platforms. I'm fine with that, too. Um, uh, you share it with all of your friends. Uh, just click that. I, you know, I want to share this episode on Twitter. I'm going to share it on Facebook or MySpace or Twitter or Friendster or uh, Instagram or Napster, LimeWire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those were the days. But sh- share it so other people can see how uh, much you enjoy this and, and enjoy the fun themselves. And like I said, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at raw and order wbu you can follow dfa bat da vincent k fabe and of course jlb is always available at 
JLB420 is my Twitter handle, and Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8, anchor.fm slash RDR. But, you know, sharing us on social media is by far the easiest and least expensive way to support us because it's 100% free. All but what if they have support. money? But if you have money and you want to, we've got ways for you to support us that way as well. Um, you can buy merch at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU, uh, where you can get our not a cop shirt or our uh, property of the wrestling booking unit academy shirts, um, or maybe a shirt saying cat ass trophy. Um, Cat Astro. Yep. Or link is in the doobly doo, which is where the link for shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU will be. Um, um, if you want to, though, if you want to support us a little bit more long term, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash raw and order WBU, where you can join us there, get access to our Discord server. Uh, a vote on um, Patreon exclusive reviews of classic, classic pay per views. Uh, we've got the poll going up right now for which ones we talked about it before. So join on Patreon so that you can vote on that. Uh, we're going to be doing monthly Ask Me Anything's, and you're going to also get access to commercial free versions of this show at certain levels. So great way so- to support us there as well. I think with the cat ass trophy, I think we should all give our cat ass trophy to the segment that deserves a cat ass trophy. The cat ass trophy of the week. I think I, I'm going to go with the liquor segment. The yep. toast to Jeff Hardy. <laughs> that is the cat ass trophy of the week. I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can really argue with that. I'm trying to think if there's something else that that I the, would. The runner-up would be Rhea Ripley's match, but uh, I we've said it numerous times. I disdain the wrong times of having life, real life, or wrestling emulate real life. Yeah, I do too. And here, this whole Jeff Hardy angle. It reminds me way too much of, and yes, I know they're they're playing it from a slightly different angle because he's clean and they're making, you know, they're talking about all the other stuff, but the he's like, but the Razor Ramon when he would come out to the ring drinking, and and he was drunk, and I, I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. So, uh, I was thinking of the Brian Pillman situation. Um, Weren't they playing that? I feel like there was a whole Brian Pillman Brian, segment with that till. Brian Pillman, as far as I remember, never had anything with drinking, but he did have the the loose loose cannon, uh, where eventually he pulled a gun on somebody. Stone Cold. Um, Stone Cold. Yes. Yeah. Stone Cold. Yep. Um, but but that that was a bad angle too. But alcohol wasn't really heavily featured in that. Um, and the thing is, I'm not saying alcohol can't be featured. I mean, heck, Stone Cold. And Sandman pounded brewskis before each uh, each match, and I had no problem with that. You know, it's it's playing it off, talking about their real life struggles with alcohol. That you know, I, I leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> well, but again, it's also just like everything that WWE is kind of doing now, anyways. Like I at first. First time I saw that segment, I'm like, oh, God, what are they doing? Then I was kind of like, okay, whatever. It's not too bad. Uh, And then, like everything else WWE is doing, they're just prolonging it. Like, you're beating a dead horse. 
Um, you should have essentially ended it when you fought the first time, and that was that. Because there's nothing that's going to come out of this for either wrestler. Sheamus did report on After the Bell that he enjoyed doing it because it gives him kind of freedom of control and so on and so forth. And I get that. His, his, his poetic thing that he did on SmackDown was kind of nice with the poem and all that. But... You know, they could do something better for you, Seamus. At least you're on TV, but gee golly. It's just, you're too stretched too thin here. It's been way too long. Just end it. Yeah. And that's my uh, spiel. Yep, nope. So It's the I th- entirety of his return. That's the problem with it. Well, yeah. You have a former, two former world champions here, and the entirety of both of their returns have been, um, you drink a lot. And I'm a jerk. <laughs> to 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 be fair though, Sheamus was already returned like a month before that though. It was more for Jeff Hardy that this for Sheamus. But Sheamus has already been there for a hot minute, so they weren't doing anything with him. And then they're like, "Oh well, we're just gonna put you on this thing with Jeff Hardy." So that's why I said at least I guess he's on TV and doing something. Uh, but at the same time, it's still gonna lead them nowhere, and it's still pretty freaking useless. Yeah. I don't I don't know. To me, like I say, it, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And the, the only storyline that I think they could do right now that would leave a worse taste in my mouth is if they had Velveteen Dream show up on SmackDown with a 14-year-old valet. Oh, Jesus. Really? Wow. Wow. That's... Wow. Dear WWE, if you are hard. listening, 100% do not do that. Nope. I'm not even kidding. That's some good S word. No, that is not. Not good. I mean, unless it's Nicholas, in which case it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Any, uh, but so, yeah, you can support us on shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU or patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. Either one of those ways is a great way to support us and uh, help make sure we continue to put out excellent excellent product on that note we will close the book thanks everyone for listening we will see you soon